You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live from Union House in celebration of the 50th National Day. It's Helen Farmer with you. Fantastic to have you on the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast for a very special UA National Day. It was a show packed full of ideas and inspiration and, of course, food. Tom Harvey of Spinney's was joining us to talk about the humble beginnings of the superstar supermarket um, from 60 years ago and how their very own CEO actually started on the shop floor as well. And we, of course, were talking food and who better to join us than Chef Musbe Al-Kabi. He is the executive chef at Zubir at Zubil Sarai, getting his take on growing locally and some of the Emirati dishes that you need to try and taking a bit of a trip down memory lane. Ava from Frying Pan Adventures was with us talking about some of Dubai's most loved eating institutions. From those that have been around since the early 70s, there might be some on the radar, but there might be some that you need to try that you've never even heard of. And I'm sure you will all have heard of Ravi. It is frankly a go-to for residents and tourists alike. And we were speaking to Wasim, who is the son of the founder getting the story behind the name and some of his favourites on the menu too. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live from Union House in celebration of the 50th National Day. It is Farmer's Kitchen. I'm Helen Farmer with you and we are talking food. We're broadcasting live from Union House and going a bit of a trip down memory lane. Some of the long-standing food institutions here in the UAE. We have got Tom Harvey with us from Spinney's. Tom, you've been in the UAE four years now, is that right? Yeah, only just over four years, so I'm, I'm still a real newbie. Well, I do think of you being a bit of a newbie, but you've made great strides in that time, especially on the food front, uh, personally and professionally. What was your first meal in the UAE? My first meal was a the curry that I had just uh, by uh, Burj Khalifa on the, uh, the first night I was here. I'd actually, the night before I'd been in London, before we flew in, and I'd been at a Michelin-starred curry house there thinking I'd had something sensational. Then we arrive here, and it literally blew my mind. The can food's I, can I just, amazing. Can I just say, it's a very punchy shout having a curry the night before a long, <laughs> long flight. Well done, sir. So there you go. Curry for Tom. It was Halloumi uh, on Diapa Street for me, so what about you? Now, this is, of course, a historic day for the UAE, 50 years but Spinney's might just be bettering them on the numbers because this year Spinney's celebrates 60 years. I can't even begin to comprehend this, Tom, to be honest. And now, you know, it's in the, in the magazine of a real kind of exploration of that timeline. We're going to talk a little bit about it now. Can you describe what that, I know you weren't there yourself, what that first store looked like and who, who was the family behind it? Well, it certainly looked a little bit different back then. Um, so, yeah, in the 1961, in August, the first store opened in Al Nazar Square. Um, it was it, it became very quickly known as the Frozen Chicken Shop because what? it was the only place in the UAE, um, or before it was even called the UAE, ten years before, um, that 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 you can actually buy a frozen chicken. So and everybody. Now, and now would I think there. you'd be being the rotisserie chicken now, shop. Now with <laughs> rotisserie chickens and many more amongst <laughs> as well. So, in terms of staff numbers, square footage. We're talking small. Yeah, it was it was it was a tiny little store with very few people, and obviously now it's a it's a much bigger organisation, four and a half thousand staff, but wow. uh, one store, and um, and it stayed fairly small for the first few years. Now, uh, Sunil Kumar, Spinney CEO, actually has an amazing story. He's been with uh, Spinney for a very long time and started as what? He started on the shop floor stacking shelves. So he he really is a. Um, uh, a, a somebody that so many people in the business just just look up to and admire and see you know this is what a, a business working for somebody like, well like spin is what you're able to achieve that's incredible customer service all the way to the all big the job. way to the yeah. top there you go you're listening to farmer's kitchen with spinnies live from union house in celebration of the 50th national day 
Helen Farmer with you, joined by Tom Harvey of Spinneys as we talk about, well, a bit of going down foodie memory lane. You're getting in touch sharing the very first meal you had in the UAE, where that was, what it was. And of course, if you were born and raised here, let us know your most memorable. Um, now, Tom, Spinney's celebrating 60 years now, and as we mark UAE, 50 years. I'm just kind of curious to get your insider's take on where do you think retail's going to go in the next 50? Are we talking about, you know, saying goodbye to those lovely smiley uh, checkout assistants you have and having robots instead? Are there even going to be stores in 50 years? If you're going to get your crystal ball out, what would you say? I think there'll definitely still be stores and I think um, there will certainly still be people in those stores uh, making sure the, the customer's looked after with a proper human touch and the uh, certainly, as far as Spinney's is concerned, the, 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 the level to customer service that we really pride ourselves on. Um, I mean, obviously, internetreeling.com has, um, has, has, has really taken off, particularly in the last two years, um, and, and we will see that grow. Um, we will see people looking to um, have the, uh, the, the, the food delivered in really, really short periods of time. You know, with now people are looking at how do I get the food to someone in within 10 minutes. Um, but the stores, stores are still going to have a place. There is, there is nothing um, that lots of people still like and will continue to like more than just wandering around that's browsing. That's me. And, exactly. And that, me too. That yeah. is me. And I don't know if that's since being a mum and I'm like, oh, I've got 20 minutes on my own just to have a little cr And the music's good. You know, but I, I genuinely enjoy that. And I think often when it comes to buying produce, it's nice to be able to see things in person, so to speak. Um, there's talk about in different industries, not necessarily supermarkets, but the bricks and mortar store purpose changing and it becoming like an exchange or a service center just to get people kind of coming, coming through the door. But I think you're absolutely right. There's, you know, things can work in parallel. There can be robots alongside yeah, real life people. Yeah, there will be robots. But I think, as you say, you know, a lot of people, they still want to look and pick out exactly the right produce mm -hmm. or the right meat for exactly what they want. And uh, you're only going to be able to get that from, from doing it in store yourself. Don't, don't leave that to a robot. And what about what, what's going to be on the shelves? And we know we're going to be talking about water soon that's been made from air. With, it sounds like science and technology, even when we look at um, you know, meat replacements as well, lots of lab um, kind of influenced foods and drinks. Anything that you've heard about that sounds particularly exciting? Yeah, I think the lab-grown meats thing is a, um, is a really interesting concept. Um, and they haven't really got it up to a, um, a, a, a wide-scale commercial level yet. Um, but it's something we're watching very closely. We've certainly seen that the, um, the, the, the rise in plant-based eating and flexitarian eating has, has, has certainly changed the sorts of products we have on our shelves. There's a lot more vegan products um, and they are a very, very important part of um, what a lot of people eat. Um, Health-focused products mm -hmm. as well and, 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 and not in sort of a, a boring, healthy way, but how, how you give yourself goodness and wellness through, um, through, through what you put in your body. Um, and, you know, and that really goes to sort of the mantra of what's been is, is about. Our, our owner, Mr. Ali Albuadi, will we'll, we'll say, you know, we'll only put on the shelves something that we would feed to our families. Now that's I think we're also seeing a huge rise in locally grown produce as well and this has been traditionally a big challenge of course in the UAE but this is changing and evidence of that is sitting right in front of you these lovely kind of red jewels of strawberries that were grown right here right here yeah and and it's it's so fantastic can we, I try one while you talk by all means yeah <laughs> they are we've we've got a lot of local product coming in now in produce things like tomatoes almost half of the tomatoes that we sell in store are all grown here within the UAE um, and things like strawberries uh, customers here absolutely love strawberries those are delicious yeah they are good aren't they now 
this was before your time, but I remember back in the day getting strawberries and you'd bite into it and you're like, well, it's just kind of white inside and it doesn't even taste like a strawberry. This tastes like a strawberry. It tastes like a strawberry. And the, and the great thing is there's so many different varieties of strawberries. When we're starting to focus on growing something locally, actually we can spend a lot more time developing the varieties that have got great taste and worrying less about the, um, the robustness as they're being transported from halfway around the world. Mm -hmm. So it means, you know, the, the, the product can be more focused on the quality, the taste, the sweetness than, um, than a, whether it's a, a, a tough little berry that, can, um, that, that travels very well. Uh, they're really, really delicious. So when are these going to be in store? Tom? They're in already. So we, we, we brought them in as a special for uh, 50th, um, well, for, for National Day. We wanted them here to, to help to celebrate more of what the UAE is so brilliant at. There you are on shelves now. Strawberries grown right here in the UAE. Tom Harvey's with us from Spinney's. I'm Helen Farmer, broadcasting live from Union House. Loving your messages, your trips down memory lane as well. Let us know when you arrived in the UAE, what was the very first thing you ate and of course if you were raised here i'd love to hear about any memorable meals you're listening to farmer's kitchen with spinnies live from union house in celebration of the 50th national day i'm joined now by tom harvey of spinnies and we're asking you to get in touch and tell us what was your first meal when you arrived in the uae let us know there's no right or wrong answer um i'm just very curious mine was um having halloumi for the very first time in i don't even know if it's still there um a cafe called Sidra on what was then Diapa Street is now 2nd of December Street appropriately. Um, so coming in on 4001, Cedric saying fish and chips at Boardwalk. Absolutely love Boardwalk. Um, I fear said born and raised in the UAE, loved a chocolate milk as a kid, still do. School lunches and birthday parties were incomplete without it. Uh, <laughs> and if, by the way, if you were born and raised here, just let us know about a memorable meal, which is exactly uh, what Akifa says, saying, chicken and mutton barbecue we had as a gathering of seven plus families, so many uncles, aunts, kids, cousins, and the cold weather. And um, no name on this one saying, first meal, roasted chicken from Spinney's near Bank Street with round Arabic bread back in 2005 with tea from the tea shops as we were in a budget. And then Spinney's celebrating 60 years of business this year and some pretty innovative project products coming onto your shelves, Tom, including... I'm having some water that's made from air. What is this sorcery? So this is, um, you've, we've, we've talked before about the, the Spinach Local Business Incubator Programme. We've just completed the, uh, the second year selection process. So there's five companies that are um, going to be coming to the shelves um, in the next few months. Uh, one of them is this, uh, this amazing water called Hawa, um, which, yeah, it's, it's made from air. So um, there are some very clever boffins who know all the technical <laughs> stuff I that be, I don't. Okay. So we won't, we won't <laughs> well, go into that. We'll get them but, on the uh, show in the future. But in essence, we, we all know and, and suffer through parts of the year when it is pretty humid. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll all have seen well, from our you know, air conditioners, etc., etc., the sort of the, the, the condensate that comes out of the bottom. Um, they are taking that, filtering it, um, adding a few extra minerals back into it. Um, but, but really creating one of the most beautiful, pure, clean-tasting waters. And people always say to me, look, water's water isn't no, it? It's and not. it and it's not it's and when not. i first tried this it's like this just tastes like nothing else it's so clean it's I'm so fresh and um we're we're really excited that we're going to be doing this um and you know and there's, there's again there's actually huge environmental and sustainability benefits water is obviously a very very precious commodity um in many parts of the world especially here um so to be able to um just literally make water from thin air Amazing. um it's it's, it's phenomenal I, I'm a bit of a, I don't want to say water snob, because it's not about expense, but I do like, I do like a tasty water. I'm not going to say the brand is my preferred, but when I see it, I get excited because I think it's delicious, which is ridiculous. I had a French friend over for dinner a few months ago, and uh, 
she was saying that a very well-known French brand was not her favourite. And I was like, right, we'll have a taste test. So we had four different types of water and she actually absolutely nailed it. So it's, uh, it is a thing, for sure. It's also, I know it shouldn't matter, it's also a very stylish bottle. Kind it's of a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful bottle. It's sort of, it's, it's um, again, when we saw it, I thought, actually, that's quite evocative of the UAE. It's a, I mean, it's, it's just a little bit like the Burj Khalifa, isn't it? It's just sort of, uh, there's just there's just a sense of that. It's so got a wow factor. Yeah, it's, it's got it's got a wow factor. And then again, you know, the sustainability. If we're bringing beautiful, great tasting water from just around the corner again, mm -hmm. rather than having to ship water from all parts of the world, um, we'd, it's another way that we can all play our part to, uh, to 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 help the environment. So, how are water part of the second incubator program? Do, what, do we have any ideas of when some of these products are going to be on shelves? Well, I, I keep telling my team as, as as quickly as possible, please. There are there are a few technical. <laughs> And um, uh, legal matters that need to be just 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 finalised. So it, it's going to be um, in in the next couple of months. So we're, we're really you, looking forward to that. Have you revealed those the finalists? Yeah. So we've got uh, we've got five companies that we've got this year. So Howard's one of them. Um, we've then got a, a really lovely brand called Bob Rocks. Um, so this is two young girls, um, Bobby and Rocky, who make the most amazing um, sugar-free, gluten-free, dairy-free cookies. Are they tasty? They are tasty. It was also very interesting when we got to the sort of the panel stage and they came in to pitch up to us. It's the first time I've been pitched to by a three-year-old. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so we're really hey, listen. Those kids can negotiate. Yeah, they can. I mean, they they ha they had us over a barrel as soon as they were in. So, so yeah. So we've got the cookies. Um, we've got Gourmet, which is an amazing range of um, beautiful um, frozen but freshly prepared um, uh, pre meals. Um, so lots of lots of British classics and then a few others. Again, a fascinating story. This was two guys who were pilots here in the UAE, um, and COVID m meant a little bit of a change of. Uh, of, of, of of career for them, um, and they've now just come out with the most incredible, uh, in incredible products that we're, uh, we'll, we'll have on the shelves. So, um, so that's another one. Um, the Curious Elephant makes the most amazing chili oils and sambals, and um, so, so Melody is, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be with us uh, very soon as well. Really exciting, really exciting. I love the fact that you kind of investing in the UA's future and then it comes to the food front and, and really recognizing these homegrown heroes, giving them a platform for, for people like me who love to seek out these companies but often kind of can't be bothered with the time and if I can pick them up and spin these, happy days. Now, Bruce Society is one that came through the first round. Um, can you explain a little bit about what this company is all about and what you've got in front of you, Tom? Yeah, so, uh, so Laura, who runs Bruce Society, she is an absolute tea wizard, um, but not just about your sort of conventional black tea. She makes the most incredible different varieties of uh, fruit and herbal based teas um, all sorts of phenomenal flavors and taste combinations um, and again it's you, you can drink them in so many different ways so what I brought along today is um, it's, it's Laura's um, cold brew bottle um, a lot of these teas are actually really nice to have um, have, have chilled or even even over ice or just as, as, as we've got here in this bottle the bottle's got a, um, a, a removable base to it which then has a, um, a strainer um, within it so you basically up turn the bottle upside down put your put your tea leaves in screw up the bottom um, and then as I did last night knowing I was going to be seeing you this afternoon filled it up with water popped it in the fridge and so today we've now got the most amazing melon and mint um, I mean it's, it it's just like it's just like a mocktail it's just so fresh tastes like summer um, yeah and she's got some other fabulous ones so one of my absolute favorites again for, for, for drinking it's a chilled tea drink um, the raspberry mojito is Ooh, absolutely yummy. absolutely amazing there's a pina colada there's one that smells like cookies 
Um, and when you just open the bag, it's like, oh my goodness, I, you know, I, I, think I, mean, I think I'm, you know, I'm smelling biscuits, not tea. Um, so that they're all absolutely incredible. Um, and um, just, and again, it's another really, really healthy drink mm -hmm. to be uh, to be putting uh, to, to, to to be consuming. There's no added sugar or anything. It's 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 just light, fresh, and healthy. The last treat that you brought us, and you anticipated my kind of half past two, three o'clock sugar crush very well. Um, Kimri dates. I am, as you know, a huge fan of this company and uh, a huge fan of this particular flavour, which is raspberry cream it's covered in a white chocolate compound. They are amazing. And this again from the first round of the incubator program, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Sarah was one of the first people that we saw uh, last last year. Um, and and these, I mean, she's. Sarah's just sort of reinvented the, uh, the, the the chocolate date category. So it's it's not about just taking a, a date, removing the uh, the stone and wrapping it in chocolate. She's then putting in these beautiful sort of um, chocolate compound centers, which have got, as we've got here, a sort of raspberry and white chocolate cream, or there's ones with pistachios, and uh, there's, there's one that's got lotus biscuit in, which Ooh. is pretty amazing. So you've got a beautiful filling, um, that, that, that lovely sort of sweet toffiness of the date, and then just to top it all off, a good, enrobing of chocolate all around it to uh, to make it a perfect little snack and it's also a modern twist and when you look at the packaging as well the color's fantastic the design's great really attention grabbing and nice to see a very traditional product given given a you know, given significant an, twist absolutely yeah yeah and i can see xena going in for a date now so there you go we are talking some of the most exciting products um on the shelves some that are soon to come as well tom can i ask you you obviously can't win this prize. But if I was to give you 500 dirhams now and sent you off to, let's say, Amster Keem store, um, what would you buy? What would go in your trolley for 500 dirhams? For 500 dirhams, well, you, you, you know my, my career started as a meat, meat buyer. Meat so man. I think probably a couple of tomahawks would, um, or, or some of the, the wagyu beef that we get from Stanbroke would be what I would be uh, uh, putting in the trolley. All right, there you go. That's what Tom would choose. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live from Union House in celebration of the 50th National Day. I'm loving your messages, your walks down memory lane on the food front. Just let me know what your first meal was in the UAE uh, or your most memorable if you were born and bred here and you'll automatically be in the draw. Ashraf saying falafel sandwich at Al Mala on Diafa. Oh, great shawarma especially 3 a.m. Um, no name on this one saying, I remember a round of bread being one dirham back in 2001. Uh, Tika in getting a shout out. We're talking about Tika in later in the show with Awa from Frying Pan Adventures. Um, it has been around forever. It really has. Um, that was from Dree. Um, and Shwama from Eat and Drink Restaurant on Alwasa Road back in 1988. I live really close to there and it's a gorgeous little spot. Tom Harvey's with us from Spinney's as we're talking about, uh, well, little trips down memory lane. Some of the things we're going to see on the shelves in the future. And, uh, well, we're in December now, Tom. My Christmas tree from Spinney's is going up on Saturday. I need to give it a little time to evolve, to spread. Um, and I did have a little look on your Instagram. In fact, it just popped up on, on my feed last night. And there's, I love the traditional. I love, you know, your turkey and, and whatnot. But the, you've got some products that are putting a, a bit of a fun spin on a lot of the classics. Uh, three, bird, uh, three bird chicken? What? Or three bird roast, rather? Three bird roast, the turducken. So, yeah, it's a turkey <laughs> with a duck and a, a chicken all... all the, the, the duck and the chicken are completely boned out, so uh, it's, all, it's all boneless meat. Um, then there's a beautiful stuffing in the in, in the middle of this. So um, as you cut through, you get um, to carve it. Um, you can see all the beautiful different layers Amazing. of the different meats inside. It's an absolute showstopper. Oh, see, that's what I love. We did a brunch on Christmas Day last year, and we were just saying that, it, you know, it was great, great atmosphere. You know, you know, the kids, kids were occupied. But what we kind of missed was that moment 
of you know the the, the showpiece this you know the kind of showstopper coming to the table everyone having that <gasps> here it is moment and everyone yep. eating having that kind of collective experience and that's what we said that this year will you know we'll kind of have probably have it at home to be honest um, and your tear and share bread wreath with gooey camembert. What yeah. are you doing to us here? Well, this this comes from our own bakery, so um, this is uh, it's it, it yeah it looks a little bit like a Christmas wreath, but it's all just lots of little um, uh, sourdough bread rolls all all in. Uh, merged together um, and you bake that in the oven with a camembert that comes as part of the product uh, in the middle um, so the camembert gets beautifully oozy and gooey oh. and you just literally pull those little bread rolls off and dip and dunk and oh my enjoy. goodness there's also um You've got that lovely salmon on croute. Uh, there's a beef wellington, uh, which is my kind of way of cooking beef wellington. Letting you guys do it and me put it in the oven. Absolutely, yeah. So lots happening in store. Um, and as I said, today we are giving away that special <laughs> prize, 500 dirhams to spend in spinnies and a Christmas turkey too. Um, when it comes to getting, making sure you've got all your festive favourites ahead of time, what kind of timeline are we working to for, um, for making sure you pick them up in store and there's still some left? Well, a lot of people are already starting to pick things up now. You know, oh the Christ goodness. Christmas trees, uh, Christmas trees, everybody's going wild they obviously want, want them up for the beginning of December um, so some of the products will um, the, uh, the all of the, the decorations are, are, are available now um, some of the nice sort of gifting packs from from uh, health and beauty from uh, things like the nice teas and the chocolates there's a lot of very nice chocolates and, uh, and candies this year um, they're in um, the the fresh food products will start to arrive in store from next week so we know some people will want to have a bit of a, a Christmas festive occasion with with family here or friends in, in, in Dubai before they maybe head off somewhere else um, but the turkeys it's the uh, it's the 21st of December when uh, when all the fresh turkeys arrive dum, dum, dum. countdown to turkey day Tom Harvey thank you so much what are your plans for the long weekend we are off to the sevens tomorrow Ooh. have a have a bit of a party there and nice. then Saturday is a it's a it's a little bit of a Christmas party with some friends near a near a home I love it December hits Tom Harvey's getting putting the turkey in the oven amazing thank you so much for your time and also the snacks this afternoon always a pleasure you're an absolute star you're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys live from Union House in celebration of the 50th National Day it is Farmer's Kitchen with me, Helen Farmer. We are broadcasting live from Union House. And it's such an honour, to be honest, to be here on UA National Day and such a significant one as we celebrate 50 years of the Union. Joined now by Emirati chef, Chef Mustafa Al-Kabi, the exec chef at Jamira Zabil Sarai, to maybe teach us a thing or two when it comes to Emirati cuisine, some of the things we could be picking up and trying over the weekend. And to hear his story too, Chef, happy National Day. Thank you so much. Happy National Day for you, for everybody who's living in this country. It is, um, I've read quite a lot of emotional Instagram posts today, a lot of expats saying how grateful that we are to live here because, you know, I've been here 15 years and it does feel like home, but I also feel like I'm so, I'm so lucky to be a guest in this country. I really am to, to raise my family here and it's, um, it's incredibly special to kind of take that time to mark it really and reflect on it because, I mean, look at where we are. It's so beautiful. The sun is shining. We're in a historic landmark on a historic day, so it's thank you for being with us on National Day Chef. You're welcome. Thank you so much. As you say, uh, the social media, it's, I mean, Instagram, WhatsApp, Snap, and uh, everybody uh, doing, I mean, he celebrates by his own way and posting pictures, videos, and all these things. So again, uh, happy National Day for the leaders of this country, Sheikh Khalifa, Sheikh Mohammed, and Sheikh Mohammed Barash, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed, Sheikh Hamad, Al-Sharqi, Sheikh uh, Sultan, 
and Sheikh Mohammed Sheikh Sultan Al Qasmi Sheikh Saud and Sheikh Hamid Al Naimi. So uh, and for the, all the UAE, I mean locals uh, who's living here, the resident and and I, I want to say this is this is country for all. It's not for only locals. So. Uh, I mean, that, that's what I wanted to ask you. You know, how do you feel when you when you hear expats talking about, you know, how how proud we are of the country that we've chosen here in the UAE? Exactly. I have many friends. I mean, in different nationality. They are. We are. We feel like we are brothers. We are. We are. Uh, we are in the same country. We doesn't doesn't matter the nationality who's coming from. But we are living here. We love this country. We 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 proud. All of us actually, not because local or not local we are in the end we are all human and and we deserve to live together in, in peace you know so and a big part of what you do is kind of acting as a champion to keep some of these dishes alive and to innovate Amirati food as well we're going to be talking about um, what's uh, what's on the menu um, but firstly what are you doing at the hotel to mark UA national day is anything happening over the uh, weekend? every every national day uh, we do uh, uh, I mean a special uh, day with the, with the with the guest we do uh, afternoon around 11 o'clock we cut the big cake with the guests in the lobby plus we have a uh, uh, gift takeaway uh, and plus I have uh, myself I did I do uh, uh, live cooking one station every year different kind Ooh, of food what's this year uh, this year since the celebration starting from Hatta so um, I did uh, Hatta chicken rub mm. and uh, yeah it was with rocca and tomato and some onion so it was nice guests like it colleague like it as well so <laughs> it was busy but because i have to be with you i just uh, excuse i say i have to you leave you didn't bring me one that could have been uh, my lunch chef sorry i'm uh, I miss that. I miss that. Get in the taxi. Chef Masaba <laughs> with us this afternoon from Jamiris of Bilsarai. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinnies. Live from Union House in celebration of the 50th National Day. Helen Farmer with you until five o'clock today. We're going down memory lane, as I said, here at Union House, and it is such a beautiful peaceful spot the Etihad Museum full of facts um, but also full of products and items as well that have played such an important role in the Emirates history we're celebrating Emirati food this hour with chef Masaba Al-Kabi he is the executive chef at Jumeirah Zibiel Sarai and we were just having a little um, little nibble on some UAE grown strawberries there chef what did you think of them yeah I think uh, uh, the, 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 the direction actually it's happened have happened from uh, the leaders uh, that's uh, uh, corona actually it's uh, make us learn because we are we've been I mean like uh, disconnected with, the, with the, all the world so nothing coming nothing no out no out no in so that's why we are uh, we having m- most of the products now it's a local sources it's a fish uh, animals fruits vegetables honey they I mean dates and everything and and yeah, everything will be growing in UAE now. Even the rice. Do you do you hear about this? No. There is rice in. No. It's grown in Al Daid. Mm-hmm. It is a place or city belong to Sharjah. It's far from here, maybe 70 kilometers. It's, they start growing rice there, and it's grown. Nothing is impossible. But those strawberries taste good. I mean, the fact that they're they're from Alain, just up the road, that freshness. But they taste like strawberries. Exactly. <laughs> it's. I, I had one just now. It's melt in the mouth. It's really f- uh, flavorful. So thank you, Spinnies, for bringing those into my life. I know what's going to be in my in my basket next time I next time I go along. Um, so, chef, you of course born here in the UAE. Where were you born? In Hatta. Were you? Yes. It's one of my favourite places. 
very nice. That's why the the the, the sheikhs this this year they choose to start the the celebration from Hatta. And that's so. going to be a big kind of theatrical show on the on the dam. It must have changed an awful lot though since you, you were born. I, I saw you you posting a couple of pictures. You've been there, no? I go there a lot. Yeah. I love it. I really do. Nice. I'm I'm leaving there actually. So today after the um, this interview, I'm going back uh, to. I will go to Hatta. Spend the um, I mean the weekend or the the. the the holiday with the, with, the, with the family. How gorgeous. How, oh, just, just lovely. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live from Union House in celebration of the 50th National Day. I'm loving all of your messages as you go down memory lane. We'd love you to share what your first meal was in the UAE. And of course, if you're born and bred here, maybe just share a memorable meal. For me, I remember at the grand old age of 24 having halloumi cheese for the very first time at Sidra on what was then Diafa Street, is now 2nd of December Street. What about you? For Grace, it was chicken curry and rice that the grandmother cooked. For Sally, it was shish talk. Starting strong, Sally. I like it a lot. And Isabella saying chicken shawarma, my very first meal. And uh, Bella had meze. Like everyone's, everyone's kind of got straight into into the culture. We've also had some messages about uh, some of the places that you went to as well. Uh, Jazza Cafeteria on Beach Road, it is still around. So let me know your very first meal here in the UAE. If you did grow up here, maybe a memorable meal over the years. Talking Emirati cuisine now with Chef Musabir Al-Kabi. He's the executive chef at Jumeirah Zabil Sarai. Um, chef, you are a real kind of innovator when it comes to both paying respect to traditional Emirati food, but also putting a bit of a, a, bit of a fun spin on it. Um, can you explain perhaps some of the best known Emirati dishes and really why you think we should try them, even if we've been here for, in my case, 15 years and haven't really explored the cuisine that much? See, uh, we have uh, many, uh, 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 what's called it, uh, famous dishes. What is it? It's always there, but some of the dishes you cannot see them always because it's um, it's not mainly for, but it's you will see it in wedding, in Eid, in Ramadan, like Haris, like Lugaymat, uh, Machbus. There is a dish called Jashid, which is made by baby shark fish. What? Which is, yes, it's uh, it's an amazing. Yesterday was in was in Abu Dhabi and we was cooking. It's in, uh, we uh, we do shark uh, kibbe as well, and uh, it was. Uh, I mean, this is really a popular 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 dish, and and especially in those cities who's in the sea, like Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Sharjah. Uh, so those those dishes, it's uh, really uh, see like now you didn't you didn't you never hear maybe about the baby shark fish, no? Never. It's called jashid. The dish is called jashid. It's always served with the white rice, but it's no problem if you like to have it with the bread as well with the local bread. But uh, normally it's coming with the white rice, and it's very very popular and very very delicious. What do you think? Uh, um, how would you describe the flavor profile of Emirati cuisine in terms of the spices used? Anything you feel like is really like a signature? See the signature in in, in UAE dishes, uh, especially uh, since when you do you have spices because spices everybody have spices. But our what does make us different in in curry and machbous in 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 like tahta biryani whatever. It's the dry lemon. Really. The dry we use the dry. This is one of the I mean main key ingredients have to be there. Otherwise, it's not local. So, so dry dry lemon have have must be not have must be in the in the dishes. Whereas where 
uh, where uh, wherever the spices goes, the onion, garlic, this one, one of them have to go with them. See, like if you do haris, you don't use uh, spices. You use only cardamom. So haris, which is barley, and, and lamb or chicken, up to you. Then you do uh, water, salt, pepper, and cardamom. That's it. And when you finish it, you put some ghee on top. The other key as well, the ghee is it's always, we cook all our food with ghee. If it's not in beginning, in finishing. Yeah, so ghee, it's also one of the, one of the key flavors of, or ingredients for Emirati food. This is why I find different cuisines so fascinating, because it's a bit like being a musician. You, you know, as chefs, you have access to all the same notes, you know, yeah. the same ingredients, the same spices, but how you put them together is so unique. So as you're saying, you know, most cuisines will have a, a rice dish. Most cuisines will have some kind of curry that's got an onion and garlic, maybe a tomato you know, base. But it's the way that you play with the spices, talking about cardamom there, preserved lemons. It's so fascinating to me that it's either these endless opportunities and, and kind of possibilities for, um, for making something so delicious. What about cooking at home? Uh, so far here now, um, I don't have time to cook in home. Only, oh, in, on, only in 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 in, in weekend sometimes. And if I am hungry, so I will cook because uh, my wife she need to plan for her cooking. So if you need something for dinner, you have to say it from now. So by eight o'clock it will be ready. She have, <laughs> she must be prepared. I'm like that. I plan a few days in advance. Never mind a few hours. <laughs> so, but if I am like uh, I just say I'm hungry. I need food. She would be she will panic. So I have to jump to the kitchen because, as you know, we are in the, in, in the hotel. We are. This is one of the key, the fast. Turn around. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I jump to the kitchen. But normally, no, I don't cook at home. Chef, when did you realize that you wanted to become a chef? When did you start realizing that food could be your life and your career? See, beginning before, when we were study, especially in weekend or in the, in the holiday when the school is closed, because since we are, I'm living in Hatta, between the mountain and Wadi, you know, all the water is running those days. Uh, raining is mostly like uh, every two, th I mean, two times a week. So we used to go outside with, with a friend by afternoon. We, so I start with collecting the money from them, whatever they have. They pay, pay me uh, two dirham, five dirham, whatever. I go to the grocery, I make uh, shopping. Then I come, we came to the, to the camping, then I divide the job. Someone who's collecting the, 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 the wood, make a fire, someone cutting onion and tomatoes, someone washing the rice and sock it someone uh, cleaning the chicken or lamb whatever then I, w I, w I will and finally I will I will cook because no one no one cooking I mean they can't cook so they don't have that I love uh, it. you were a boss from the beginning so I yeah so <laughs> not boss but I have that uh, uh, extra mile no? so I, I cook but to be honest those days it was sometimes salty sometimes is overcooked uh, the, the rice is already mashed sometimes is undercooked sometimes you know but we do. We don't have other food, so we will. We will eat it anyway. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. And before the sunset, we back home. So, it's, and then after finish the school, I I, I join uh, the army. I've been served in the army for seven years. So during those years, also when we in the weekend, also again when we get together the friends because the, we work in different uh, city in, in in Emirates. Mm -hmm. So someone working Sharjah, someone Abu Dhabi, someone in Dubai. Only in weekend we get together in Hatta, so we go outside to 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 camp again or to spend some time, especially in the winter, fire, you know, and 
giri giri we, we get together we we talk about the, the, the rest of the week what's happened so yes i cook as well so i feel the, i mean the food or the kitchen it's in my blood so slowly slowly then i stop after seven years i stay for almost like one year in home then i decide to change my life or my my career to like 360 degrees so yeah from serving the army to be a chef in a five-star hotel serving in the army to serving up food and what was that training like chef which one the, the, the chef training with because some people say it's harder than uh, than being in an army there are there are some parallels in terms of the the rank you know the hierarchy of a kitchen it's it's yes exactly so i start from beginning i, I start uh, as a butchery for uh, one year three months uh, i was with the jabal ali international hotel that time and uh, to be honest, as you say, you know, uh, we maybe we don't we don't realize that we are spending a lot in in, in work. Okay. I remember one day the the school sent a letter with my son to fill it up. One of the so I, it was like five questions, and one of the questions, what you want to be in the future? So he write a chef. Then his mom, my wife, saw it. And she was shouting at him, no more, enough, <laughs> your, fa your father, be a chef is enough. So I realized that I really, I mean, we are really, uh, I mean, chef life, it's, it's, uh, it's something else. Well, it is because, you know, this is a weekend, a holiday for many. And, you know, it's thanks to people like you and your team who are working to in ensure that everyone else can have a lovely, relaxing time. It's, it's non-stop. It's, it's, and as, as you say, as you know as well, we are opposite. You know, we are a hotel. When everybody in holiday, we're getting busy. We have, that time we have to, that's why uh, family in the weekend, when we want, they want to go out, I'm not there. So, because I have to serve the guests because this is the busy time. This is where you make money. This is, you know, so that's why. And, and, and actually, uh, they are right. They are absolutely right. Well, it's lucky that you love it and are so so talented at it. Are you seeing many more um, young Emiratis wanting to get into, you know, chef life, working yeah. in F and B more yeah, so yeah. than before? Yeah, yeah, M many. See, see, so far in Jumeirah Zabil Sarai, I have three female chefs with me, plus myself as a local, and and it's there in all of our Jumeirah Jumeirah companies. There is one or two chefs, local chefs in each uh, in each hotel. Yes, plus also the other companies. I mean who's uh, our neighbors and here and left, I mean, and all the UAE, there is, there is, there is a lot actually. We are talking food this afternoon, um, loving your messages on your first meal in the UAE. When you first arrived, where did you go? And if you were born and raised here, maybe just share a memorable meal. Uh, we've had falafel sandwiches at Al Malar, I love Al Malar. Um, we've had uh, Iranian kebab uh, at Sadaf restaurant straight from the airport. Thank you for that, Barak. And Christmas mince pies from Spinney's, said Lisa, 1993 in Sharjah. It's where our taxi from the hotel took us every day when we said supermarket. And a hole in the wall in Deira. Don't they exist now? Have a cup of tea, some Indian snacks. But our most memorable meal is Ustad's special kebab. It was more than three decades ago I continued to go to this restaurant with my family. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's. Live from Union House in celebration of the 50th National Day.
Helen Farmer with you and I have to say it's such a beautiful spot here at Union House, just gorgeous. And the Etihad Museum, so peaceful, so full of information, a sense of calm and pride. And that's what it's all about on this special day, 50 years of the UAE. Um, huge thank you to Margaret who's been in touch on 4001 saying her husband, Dr. Abdullah Al-Kasabi, is celebrating his birthday today. He's an airspace pilot more than 20 years of experience, happy birthday and happy National Day. Double celebrations from your lovely wife, Margaret. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Um, we are here this afternoon talking food, of course, after four, discussing some incredible long-standing uh, well, foodie institutions, really. And with us now, we've got Chef Mustafa Al-Kabi, executive chef at Jamira Zabil Sarai. And Chef, if you were going to put together your dream menu, imagine I was going to send you off to a really terrible desert island where the food was awful but the night before you go you get to go have the meal of your dream so starter main and dessert what would you choose you mean uh, uh, emirati anything sir so I, um, I choose it before i go yes what would you have i will have uh, salad which, uh, uh, watermelon feta cheese salad uh, main course i will go for uh, Mountain lamb chops mm -hmm. with the gahwa ju and dessert I will go for balalit with ice cream and chocolate sauce. Oh, Tammy's rumbling across the UAE. <laughs> Chef, I'm going to let you get in your car, head to the Hatta Hills to be with your family <laughs> over UA National Day weekend. Thank you so much for your time today. So really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Helen. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live from Union House in celebration of the 50th National Day. It is Thursday. We are talking food and celebrating, of course, the UAE. And I'd love to hear some of your favourite foodie destinations, the long-standing favourites, the institutions that you've been going to for years, or maybe an old one that you've just discovered, 4001. No list of Dubai food legends would be complete without the addition of Ravi. And we're speaking now to Wasim Ahmed, the son of the founder of this legendary E3. Wasim, thank you so much for being with us. How are you? Hi, how are you? I've, I've got so many questions for you. Um, the first, though, is... Do we have that much time? We don't, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad, Mr. Abdul, uh, came to Dubai in 1971. What, where did the name Ravi come from, though? Oh, okay. Uh, it's a very interesting thing, actually. What happened was my father, he is from a place in Pakistan. It's called Wazirabad. My mother is from a place which is very close to the river Ravi. Ah. The area is actually called Ravi. Oh, so he named it because it's from where... Your mum's My from. mother is from, yes. When your, when your dad came here in 1971, wh why did he decide to open this small eatery, which wasn't even called Ravi at that point? Who, who, who was he catering for and, and what was on the menu then? Oh, actually, he, was not, he, wasn't, oh, he didn't open up a place that time. He was working in one place. He was in a, working in a canteen. He was doing labour work, actually, at that time. And uh, from there, he was transferred to the kitchen because he knew knowledge of food and everything. So his mother used to be a great cook, uh, my, da uh, my daddy, as in like my grandmother. I've never had a chance actually to spend a lot of time with her. But uh, she was supposedly an amazing cook. And she taught a lot to my father because he's the youngest. Ah. 
and uh, she used to spend a lot of time with him give him a lot of information a lot of these things so what happened was he got transferred to the cafeteria over there and uh, because he was in a labor camp over there working with all these labor people and the food which was given over there he was just not happy with it he was like you can get a lot better food for these people but because he was working for someone he was doing it for someone he was like maybe i think so i can provide them something better myself wow so that's how he started this so he wanted to feed a workforce with better food that they were getting and probably a bit of a taste of home as well for his you know the other pakistanis in in the camp definitely that's his that's always been his aim he's like he wanted to provide a homely environment uh, if you look at the place still in satwa it's still the same mm-hmm. he doesn't want to change it he's like you know it has to give that vibe it's as i said it's become legendary i have a t-shirt with ravi on the front i mean you know it's 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 reached iconic status now why do you think it is such a favorite of residents and a must do for tourists when they're in dubai actually see for this first thing will be you know i have to praise the lord thank you allah he gave this whatever it is then it's how much my father put in mm-hmm. the amount of time he put in the amount of effort he put in he himself is not a very educated person to be honest when he started working over there he put a lot of time and it is the way he spent time with the customers the way he met the people the way he is with the staff my staff he treated them like bachcha he used to call them bachcha as in like that means you know mm-hmm. my kid please come here it's like that when you say my bachcha so that's how you call it in urdu so that's how he refers to my staff all of these things are like what make the whole ravi experience and it is you know reflected onto the customer they get it from you know everyone from the back it starts from all the from the kitchen to the main person sitting over there he makes everything work in a way where it goes to the customer not just the food it's not just the food it's everything the experience about how he did it because if you ever meet him if you ever talk to him it has this thing he's very very he's a very soft spoken person he doesn't speak very loudly when we are honest well we have gotten it but and that's besides the point <laughs> but he's a very soft spoken person in general and whenever you meet him he's very humble he talks to you very nicely he will ask you about your day he'll ask you about where have you been has there any issues been going on so these sort of things have in effect given a ripple effect you're listening to farmer's kitchen with spinnies live from union house in celebration of the 50th national day we're talking about iconic eateries and in conversation with wasim he's a general manager of well loved outlet ravi's and i asked him about the wonderful opportunity is to showcase at expo 2020 when expo came to us they said that we want to take this and we want to put it there we don't want to change anything i was like uh, but it's expo They're like we know but mm-hmm. we don't want anything else we have brands we want anyone we can get in one mm-hmm. but we want this i was like so you want the same sort of setup and everything they're like yeah we want absolutely the same no different menus no different any setups nothing we want it to be a place where people can come and eat i'm kind of going to put you on the spot but you know you're the gm but you're also the son of the founder and i'm sure you've had more meals than you can count uh at ravi over the years um but do you have any favorites yourself wasim okay i will tell you something uh, it's a family thing but uh, 
we don't cook food at home. Really? Yes, we don't. We actually have food from Ravi's every day. That's my house food. You're so lucky. <laughs> See, what happened was initially uh, when we were young, we used to stay right above the restaurant. Mm-hmm. My mom, she would do all the cookings and everything, whatever she wanted to make for my dad. We we had the option just to call up the restaurant, send this up, send this up. So that is my house food. So if there's any difference in the food, I will be the first person to tell you, this is not my house food anymore. See, I me myself, I love the chicken tikka. Yes, me too. Uh, I, is there a secret a, to it? Yes, there is actually. Uh, what happened was, uh, my dad, when he started the restaurant, he himself used to do the chicken tikka. He used to put the whole uh, marination on it himself. Mm-hmm. He used to cook it on the grill himself. That's what he used to do before he opened up the restaurant. Wow. The recipe you have for the restaurant right now, going on, is his from that time. So decades, decades of perfection. There's also some really out there stuff. There's some brains on the menu as well. What What are some of the, the most popular dishes with, with customers coming in? We'll see. I think the most popular would be, well, chicken tikka is like a staple. It, they will have to be there on the table. Uh, mutton peshawar is very popular. Uh, my butter chicken was actually published in, I can't remember the name, it's called Dubai Cookbook, I think. It was released in 2016 or 17, I can't remember exactly. They took a dish from all the restaurants, 50 to 100 restaurants, I can't remember how many restaurants. It's a very big book, by the way, it's a very big book. It's not a table book, it's a very big book. Yeah, it's huge. It has dishes uh, from different, different restaurants. You can think of like Nobu, Zuma, anything you can think of, it'll have it. And then you so guys have one dish, love it. And we have our dish in there. There's our butt chicken in there. And uh, well, being very honest, I'm a little surprised about that because my butt chicken is not typical butt chicken. A typical butt chicken is red in color. Mm-hmm. Mine is white. Mm-hmm. These are very, very popular. No. And my, cho- uh, my mutton, uh, you know, the ribs? Yes. Those are very popular. Those are actually, I would say, limited. Even though we try to increase the numbers, but uh, if you're coming late, you ain't getting them. <laughs> I've been to Ravi in the morning. I've been for like, you know, a, a, an 11, 12 o'clock lunch. I've been at sunset. I have been for dinner at 10 o'clock at night and it's always busy. When is the busiest time? And let's think about the Satwa branch um, you know, next to the roundabout. When is it the hardest mm. to, get a, to get a table? Well, on a typical day, not the weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay, on a normal day, I would say any time after 8 is a little, a bit of an issue. Well, not exactly like very, very busy, but yeah, you will have to wait. Other than that, it's alhamdulillah, because the food is actually, my food service is very fast, and mm-hmm. we don't hold the tables for a long time. That's one of the beauties of the food, that it's so nice and it's so fast to eat. People actually don't spend a lot of time, like when you go to a different restaurants, you go like, you know, take static pitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We don't have that a lot. Like, you know, you need to take too many pitches. People are here for the food. I'm not here for the aesthetics of it. Uh, those things are there. But yeah, anytime after, actually even on the weekends, I would say after eight to nine, you're going to have to wait. And it's worth the wait. It really is. So Expo, obviously incredible. Is anything next? Actually, we have something planned, but nothing very, very concrete. I have two, three uh, locations in mind and I was working behind the scene on those, but uh, 
I cannot exactly divulge the information right now, but oh, soon. Oh, same. Okay, fine. But will you tell Dubai I first? I will definitely send you a personal message. I am going there for the location, and as soon as we sign the contract, and as soon as we put the license outside, I will send it to you. Well, with so much heart and so much history, it's amazing to see you going into the next 50 years of the UAE. Huge congratulations to anyone who hasn't been to Ravi. What are you doing? You need to go this weekend. Vasim, thank you so, so much, and happy UAE National Day. Happy National Day to the whole of UAE. Thank you so much. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live from Union House in celebration of the 50th National Day. Fantastic to have you with us this Thursday afternoon as we talk food. And whether you have been in Dubai for 40 minutes or 40 years, chances are you will have enjoyed a fantastic meal here. We'd love to know some of your favourites, so let us know 4001. It could be a long-standing Dubai institution or the hottest place on the block that you think deserves a bit of love on the radio always love your recommendations someone whose recommendations so many people have turned to over the years is Arv Ahmed of Frying Pan Adventures something of an institution themselves they uncover hidden gems dining uh, institutions and give guided tours whether you are someone who's lived here or you've got guests in town who want to see a different side of Dubai Arva grew up here and is going to be sharing some of her hidden gems that date back to the early 1970s Ava, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what it was like then compared to now. So I grew up in a neighborhood called Riggan Murakkabad, which is one of the central neighborhoods of Dera. And the reason why it was considered one of the hot places to live in, sort of one of the hot spots of the city back in the day, and in my opinion it still is even now, is because it had some of the first shopping establishments, especially al Ghurair, which was Dubai's first shopping mall, and it still exists down the road from me. And I think it was because of Gurair that a lot of other places sprouted up right around. So a lot of the fast food chains, small little cafeterias, it really became sort of the dining and retail hub of the Dera side. It's, it still is, as you say to this day, but when you have people living all over Dubai and the thought of crossing the creek is like, I don't know how to do that. Isn't that three hours away? Um, I think that's honestly why, you know, your tours and your expertise have been so successful because it's a bit of handholding and it's, you know, this is what we're going to eat here. I, you know, don't eat too much here because we're going here next. And hugely, um, just a huge amount of fun as well. Now we're going to be name checking some of your favourites and as I said kind of the real long-standing institutions now my parents moved to Dubai in 1977 and there are still a few places that they spot around town now and I think that is just so amazing that we've managed to to hold on to some real characters and sometimes it does come down to an individual owner or even chef who's still flying the flag um and when I think about the owners I always think about um specialist daddy uh kebabs I mean, those guys are characters and they have had (laughs) mega movie stars, sports stars, celebrities. Their walls are papered with photographs, but the food is really good too. If anyone hasn't been, how do you explain that place? And when did it actually open, Nava? So that would have been in the late 1970s. I want to say somewhere between 1976 and 78. Uh, And they... basically began by uh, a gentleman called Muhammad al-Ansari and he is he was originally from Iran. Now it's a second generation. It's run by his three sons. But I always explain it as more of a little museum of sorts mm-hmm. than even a restaurant because it's really 
It's his love child. It's where Ansari sort of collected all of his memorabilia, his his notes collection, which you see under the glass on the tables, all these old telephones. Obviously, the walls are plastered with photos, as you mentioned, of celebrities, but also just of customers, random yeah, customers regulars. who walk in. Yeah. Absolutely. And strangely enough, the last time I was walking past... As usual, I noticed somebody important, you know, stepping out and getting into their car. It was obviously, I mean, it was like a, uh, an entourage. So I knew that someone important had stepped into a study, which is not an infrequent occurrence as far as they are concerned. This is a place that serves South Iranian-style kebab. So there's a very typical flavor of their kebab. And the one that most residents will usually go for is their famous uh, kebab khas, which means special kebab. And it's marinated in yogurt. So it has this really sour tart flavor. And it's just tiny little nubs of chicken or meat. I personally love the chicken khas. Uh, and that's really delicious. But all the other stuff is really good as well. Even their soup is fantastic. I say never miss their soup. And always splash it with a little bit of our old school excellence hot sauce, which is more vinegary than hot. Their bread, with their kebabs, their rice pilafs, fantastic. All of it is really good. Oh, my goodness. Right. Well, we're already hungry, so you, you, you're doing your job incredibly well. Um, when we think about the, the earliest places to open that are still standing today, where comes to mind? Well, I definitely think of Chicken Tikka Inn, which actually predates Ustadi. And Chicken Tikka Inn has uh, a bunch of branches now. but I think, I think they've got one at Expo. <laughs> They do. I mean, as they should, of course. Uh, (laughs) uh, But Chicken Tikka Inn was the place to get specifically their, uh, you know, like the sheesh kebabs Mm -hmm. and, of course, the Chicken Tikka. But the the kicker were these triangular pieces of fried paratha. And they're not like the regular. They're they're sort of this mix between a puri and a paratha, which Mm -hmm. means they're uber fried. They're really blistered and crunchy and obviously greasy and it was just so fulfilling to like you know tear away a piece of that crunchy paratha have a nice piece of juicy kebab and then dip it into chutney and ah so delicious oh my goodness okay so you can go to the the kind of the og branch or as you say there's a few more including expo and actually expo's done an amazing job of bringing together some of these long-standing homegrown heroes one of which of course Ravi, we are speaking to them as well, um, which has become, in some ways, I mean, you sometimes can't get in, you know, you can't get parked outside. And they've opened up several branches, including Expo as well. So I feel like that's that's perhaps not such a hidden gem, but one that definitely deserves a mention. Absolutely. But what else is on your list that, you know, even the most dedicated of foodie fans listening today might be unaware of other? So again, from the late 70s, Sin Punjab is one that is very famous. That one is in Meena Bazaar. That is people's go-to place for chicken tikka. In fact, I have uh, heard that there are some Indian aunties who will hold dinner parties where they make their own homemade butter chicken, but the chicken actually, the reason why it's so soft and so tender, like if it's super juicy and you're just wondering how on earth did this auntie figure it out, it might just be the chicken tikka from Sin Punjab in her butter chicken. <laughs> I love a crafty auntie. <laughs>
<laughs> so this is what I've heard. Uh, so since Punjab is definitely up there for a lot of people, I would say Golden Dragon. Let's not forget Indian Chinese and Golden Dragon with their um, prawns on toast and their chicken Manchurian or their Gobi Manchurian, which is cauliflower Manchurian, uh, and of course the chicken lollipops, which is what I used to love as a child. Have you ever had chicken lollipops, no. Helen? Oh my God! So this is just talking about it. Make my mouth water. So chicken lollipops are basically French chicken drumsticks. So all the meat is kind of pushed up mm-hmm. to the top into this nice juicy lollipop, and then it's battered and fried. So it's kind of got this crunchy shell on the outside and lovely soft juicy chicken on the inside. It is so fantastic, and it's perfect food for children, but also for adults who just haven't grown up like you, myself. You want a little a little nibble. Um, exactly. They sound amazing. Okay, so that's Sindh Punjab, which I haven't heard of. I've been here 15 years, so it just yeah, goes to show, it, I think a lot of it depends on where you live as well. You know, Absolutely. I, when I first moved here, I was living in Karama, then I lived in Udmetha, then Satwa, so you become you know part of that kind of neighbourhood. But then as soon as you move out of it, it becomes a bit of an effort to actually go to these places, navigate the parking, um, which, as I said, I think, you know, is a big part of why you guys have been so welcomed by residents and visitors alike. It's like, can you show us where to go? And, you know, (laughs) can you help us order the best thing on the menu? Which, um, you know, some of these menus are absolutely ginormous. Ravi is an example of that. You're like, okay. Don't, I don't really know where to start. Um, now, I'm, I'm in Jumeirah now, which means I have got Eat and Drink Cafeteria and Al Reef Bakery yes. and Bukta on my doorstep, so I couldn't oh, yes. be happier. Is there anything better than she's minding at 3 o'clock in the morning from Al Reef Bakery? True. I Very think true. not. Um, what about Pars? Um, if anyone hasn't Ooh. been to Pars Iranian, I mean, that, that's just not dining. That's a whole experience to my mind. Okay, now... I don't want to make you pick favourites, but if anyone is listening and thinks, do you know what, I want to want to go back to the roots of the UAE on the food front, maybe over the weekend or over the next couple of weeks, maybe they've got guests in town and you know, want to be showing people from around the world that Dubai, while we are very fancy and love a bit of five-star luxury, but there is another side that's got heart and it's authentic and it won't break right. the bank. Is there one place that you think would, would really be worth a visit? Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> it's impossible. The list is, I mean, I, I definitely think that Ustadi has to make the top of the list because it just, it combines, it's the whole package at Ustadi uh, and you get served with love and I just think there's no, there's no getting around that. But I will say there's one place that I haven't been back to and I think I might just go back this weekend and see whether it's still the same. I think I may not have been back in 20 years. And it is the only place that I would say I'd want to go to every single Friday. We had a a Friday tradition. My dad would always say, okay, where are we going to go out? And I had only one answer, much to the the rest of the family's frustration, which was a place called Caravan. Have you been to Caravan? I've never even heard of it. Where is it? Caravan opened in 1988, and it was probably, I might have been the, the customer to have gone there every single Friday by the Dera Clock Tower. Okay. And it was just, like, it was just what you would call continental food, but they always had this giant carved, I think it was, I, I want to say it was either big, like, roast beef or a turkey or something. They had something on the carving station, which for me as a six-year-old was utterly fascinating. They also had candles in their restaurant, which I thought at the time was just, so, so I mean, exotic. candles in a restaurant. It was, it just felt so posh. 
so caravan is still there. They moved us slightly. They moved down the road. I have not been back. I cannot attest to the quality of the food. Uh, but we just drove past it the other day, and everyone just looked at me and said, "You know what? We really have to go back and see oh, if it's you the same." Do you need you need to go have that moment of nostalgia? I know, but and I think in a lot of these places, it is actually really just nostalgia because the city has come up. A lot of the new places that have come up are so fantastic as well that it's it's, it's a very competitive place and flavors are always evolving but some of these places they stay in our hearts i think that's exactly right what's happening with you guys over the over the next few weeks um when in frying pan adventure world sure so actually one of the places that i think people should go to actually maybe two places are even before uh, the 1960s and we're actually going to be featuring at least one of them maybe two this saturday so for national day weekend uh, on december 4th we're doing a food scavenger hunt along with wander with nada and basically it involves cracking a crime case around the dara creek side i am uber excited about this because it is one of the most creative and fantastic things that we've done post-pandemic. And uh, basically, one of the clues will involve taking people to a place that has been around for 65 years. Very, very tiny little place. Exactly. Okay, consider me intrigued. How can people get involved (laughs) and start scavenging with you on the food front? Sure, they just have to go to frankpanadventures.com and we've got our Old Dubai scavenger hunt listed up. You can sign up. It's very, very immersive. You're not just sort of going around and tasting. If you don't eat the food, you actually cannot crack. Ava, thank you so much for your time and expertise as ever. Thank you so much, Helen. Happy National Day. Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. Don't forget, you can tune in live to Farmer's Kitchen every single Thursday afternoon on Dubai Eye 103.8 between 2 and 5 p.m.